Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And we got to talk about some fantastic losing on, on the part of your Colorado Rockies. Now, I'm, I'm only I'm only kind of joking here. I'm at, this is this is going to be the the theme of today's show, right? Is good losing? What does that mean? What am I talking about? Because a couple of weeks ago, I, I laid out, you know, the the premise of the, the reverse standings and the tankathon and can the Colorado Rockies, you know, do some strategic losing down the stretch in order to improve their draft stock, but also more importantly, arguably, to get these young players some playing time. Now, that particular element of it has not played out. In fact, the Colorado Rockies have, if you will, lost ground in the reverse standings, right? And I know that there are people out here who who think about this and who are probably very, very upset that the Colorado Rockies have fallen from... Last time I talked about this, they had, you know, they were roughly in the eighth spot for... So they'd be getting the eighth draft pick next year. Now they're 10th. They're just one game behind the Cubs who have the eighth, uh, who who they just took in that series from, right? So if they had flipped that... Uh, you know, they, they could, you could argue therefore it was a bad thing that the Rockies won that series in Chicago, right? I think that's a bit of, of nonsense. Again, I've never taken the, the tanking thing to that extent. I don't think that the most important element of it is the difference between the eighth pick and the 10th pick. And, and that can oftentimes really not be that big of a difference. As I've said before, one, two, and and sometimes three, depending on the draft, can can be a pretty massive difference. Uh, there can be those. Again, it depends on the draft. Sometimes there are a handful of guys who are as close to being can't miss as you're going to find in baseball. But after that, like this last year is a perfect example where the Rockies had the tenth pick. They took Gabriel Hughes, who a lot of people thought wouldn't go till maybe twenty twenty three. But that still means he wouldn't have been available at 31, right, where the Rockies had their next pick. So they took the guy they wanted and almost universally were seen to have a great draft. Not just a great draft, but a draft that was so good that it dramatically improved their farm system ranking, right? And they did that without having a top five pick or the the seventh or eighth as opposed to tenth, right? So, So you can get into the weeds a little bit worrying about those things. And while it's interesting to note that they could still even fall back because it's the Angels are just one game ahead of them in the actual standings, behind them in the reverse standings, the Rockies could fall back to 11th, right? But that's probably about as far uh, as they're going to go unless Arizona has a really bad end of the season and the Rockies have a really good end of the season. Uh, the Rockies will finish in last place in their division and with either the 11th to probably 8th draft pick. That's what you're looking at. And there doesn't look like there's going to be much room outside of that for any maneuvering. But on the field, I thought that particularly the first loss to San Francisco on Monday night was exactly the kind of game where... You lose it, 
in what would be an incredibly frustrating fashion at, you know, in, in, any, in any season where you were competitive or if it was earlier in the year where the season had not yet been decided, right? Up big for most of the game, scored uh, was five runs in the first three innings. You're up five to one after the fourth. I'm sorry, six. It was six two after the fourth. Uh, I, I had my notes backwards. Uh, so you you you'd be very frustrated, right? They give up five runs in the ninth and tenth with these young relievers. Now, Justin Lawrence, that's a little bit more frustrating because he's been so good as of late, and 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 I think he's going to continue to be better. But these are the hiccups; these are the ups and downs. This is part of the learning process that you have to go through, and it's why you want these guys going through this process now. And of course, that's even much more true of Gavin Hollowell. He of the six foot eight frame and boy, he is very legitimately. (laughs) It's it's very rare that I walk into the clubhouse and I'm looking up like that. Even Sam Hilliard, who's definitely taller than me or whatever, looking up a little bit, but Hollowell is just an enormous person. And you know, there's a, not how I'm sure, uh, you know, a rookie wants to have that go down, giving up a couple of runs. Again, Justin Lawrence giving up a couple of runs there late. But it's okay, <laughs> to put it as simply as possible. It's all right. It's okay, isn't it? Like, the, look, the season has been well out of hand for a while. They were mathematically eliminated just the other day, though, again, <laughs> yeah, that was never going to happen. And these are the things that you have to figure out in seasons like this. The win and loss on any given day right now just has to matter less than learning lessons, than focusing on the future. And I don't know if Hollowell has a, a huge future here at the Rockies. It's an interesting call-up. Not uh, Again, one of these guys who's never been a huge, you know, top 30 prospect guy. You don't see him on a lot of lists. Relievers rarely are, right? Because it's... It's, it's hard to project their future value. In fact, we have a difficult time analyzing and, and evaluating really what relievers are worth in the modern game because you know you need them and they can be incredibly important to individual games and, and overall seasons or whatever, but our systems for measuring like wins above replacement and all that kind of stuff, you know, they only pitch so many innings overall. Starters pick up way, way more innings uh, you know, everyday players, obviously, well, they they play every day. <laughs> and so it it's a little bit weird with relievers, but you're going to need some of these guys. And so now is the time to figure out who's got it and, and also who, who doesn't. You know, you, you, who's going to buckle under the pressure? Who maybe, you know, if you're 25 and you're putting up good numbers in double A, that's great, but it's time to see now if you can can sink or swim. And that that's kind of now all was the twenty four, so not quite the but but it was kind of in that boat right where he's never had like the absolute jump off the page stuff. He's had some good numbers in the minors, and it's kind of time now to see. All right, do do we have something with this guy? Is he gonna be able to do the things that a player of his I'll say 
limited skill set. And there's obviously, <laughs> we're comparing to major league ball players, right? He's got enough skills to be a professional baseball player, but but that's where you go. Can he deal with all of the little things? And not in a one-game sample size. That's not fair. The heart racing and all the things that are going to go on. And there's a runner already on base and the game is in hand. You know, all that's not going to be... That that's a tough place for a guy who's just never done it before. But you do want to see to what extent he can handle the pressures of Major League Baseball, the bigger crowds, the lights. Because regardless of how out of control the season may be for the team, these are big-time games for these players. And so... That's why, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but that, that's why it's been so encouraging, even though they didn't really have any other choice. Still, it's been very encouraging to see them play Michael Tolia basically every day. They've been playing Montero basically every day. Uh, obviously, with Iglesias out, uh, they've been given Trejo quite a bit of look. And and I, and I actually wrote about that and, and talked about that the other day, how I think it's going to be a really interesting future for Alan Trejo to see if he can figure out his way into this mix. Seeing some very interesting things in that same game, actually, from Jake Bird, who continues to show a lot of swing and miss, uh, some command issues, some... <laughs> I don't know quite how you say it. Some, some tendencies to pitch away from the hitter I think at times as opposed to toward a strength or you know the the proverbial you, you get a guy down 0-2 and then you, you start nibbling you start throwing away from him you, you're, you're hunting for the swing and miss instead of just going right after him trying to put him away um, but th- those are the kinds of things that typically come a little bit more with experience and, and just feeling like you belong at the major league level because I think Bird's got some really good stuff. I think he's got a pretty great slider that I think can play here. Um, the fastball plays as long as he gets it up, up above the hands. He likes to pitch up, which is good, but it's it's a, you've got to be careful in that. You know, you, you leave it at the belt range, and these guys are going to absolutely crush it, and, and he's given up some, you know, it, it seems like when he does get hit, he gets hit real hard, but he misses a lot of bats. And I think Jake Bird's going to be a really interesting part of the future. Obviously, we're still kind of figuring it out on Hollowell. But even if, and I'm not picking on him specifically, you know, the, again, like I said, rough outing, and there's a lot more to be seen with him. You can't do anything based off of an inning, right? Um, but generally speaking, and it always sounds harsh to say, but figuring out who can't hang is oftentimes just as useful as figuring out who can, right? The Rockies need to come into next season with quite a different roster than the one that they began this season with. And they almost certainly will. You know, it's always funny to me. People oftentimes critique this franchise for staying the exact same when they don't make a ton of like trades or, or free agency moves. But you'll see that even from three, four years ago, the team is very, 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 very different, right? There are a lot of different ways in which new blood can come into the organization. And I, I suppose if I, if this phrase works, old blood <laughs> can, can end up leaving, Right. 
And so one of the things that these last couple of weeks have been and, and need to continue to be about is that too, is figuring out when they show up at spring training next year, that the guys who are getting a shot to prove themselves haven't already proven that maybe they can't hang, right? Or that maybe they are just quadruple A players. You prove that to your, to, to the organization. And now they can go out and say, all right, we don't need to keep a spot for this guy. We can have him if we don't find anybody, but we don't need to hold open a spot for him. We don't need to make sure that he's on the 40-man roster, right? Some of these guys that, that you come up on, uh, certainly they've been minor leaguers for long enough and you need to choose to protect them so that another team doesn't pick them up or you got to make them major leaguers. You got to deal them. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to make those decisions. There are several guys, and I'll, I'll get into the details on that. That's an off-season conversation, probably postseason before you know once the rocky season is over but before the, the actual baseball season is fully over uh, we can get in all the the guys this this is specifically the case with but speaking more broadly these are just some of the reasons why it's important that the rockies know who's not going to be around next year so they can so they can go into whether it's the big free agency market that generally gets covered or a lot of the smaller things that happen that you know, end up bringing players like Connor Joe into the organization or Daniel Bard, right? That wasn't a big, huge, flashy free agency signing when the Rockies picked up Daniel Bard. It was a, oh, remember that guy who pitched for Boston six years ago and was kind of a thing as a prospect, but then didn't really pan out. And he's been kind of coaching with the Diamondbacks for a minute. Yeah, well, the Rockies gave him a minor league deal and an invite to spring training. It was a it was a blur, but the bottom of other much bigger news, right? Kind of the same thing when the Rockies picked up Greg Holland, right? It was a, oh, the Rockies sent some scouts out to see Greg Holland pitch. I, I think there were like five teams that went to see him because he had been out. I think he had two surgeries in a row, right? He had Tommy John, but then he had something else. So Greg Holland hadn't pitched in like at least a year and a half, maybe two full seasons. And it was, uh, yeah, they, they sent someone out and then, yeah, they, they, they signed him and they gave him an, an incentive-laden deal. And I remember being at that spring training and people being like, is he going to be a middle-inning reliever? Are you thinking late innings? And then he was, by the end of that spring training, he was the team's closer. And then he was the comeback player of the year and two months in a row. I think he was the role-age reliever of the month and all that stuff, right? So it doesn't always have to be the big name and the big contract or the big trade a lot of times it can be that, but you you need spots on your roster for those guys. And if you're holding them open for some of these young players who have done some interesting things and, and throughout the minors have looked like maybe they're a guy, but you're not sure, now's the time to test them. Now's the time to figure it out and see if these guys are going to play roles next year. Because while I think Justin Lawrence has a potentially interesting future as a late-inning guy, I think it's an interesting future as a late inning guy, he could be that as early as next year, but you leave the door open to go out and pick up other players and, and you, you give the test now so that if Lawrence is going to become that guy, he's sort of gone through these adjustment periods early in a season that didn't matter. Well, not that the season didn't matter, but these games at this point of this season really don't matter as much as if the Rockies manage to find themselves in some competitive games next year 
they're going to need a player like Justin Lawrence. You know, and if Hollowell manages to prove himself, you know, Ryan Feltner manages to prove himself, these are the -the on-the-cusp guys. You know, and as much as it would be more exciting in some ways, I think for fans and media to say, see a player like Ezekiel Tovar, who we know, again, injuries made that just not really plausible. And that's that's just unfortunate the way that cookie happened to crumble. Timing-wise, it doesn't make sense to force him to the bigs. But just imagine he was healthy, right? And, and they still weren't doing it. The Because you know, based on the talent, the pedigree, the evaluations, the production that you've seen out of Tovar... He should be a thing, right? You're going to make him a big part of your organization at some point, no matter what. It's sort of similar with Tolia, right? Though you need to see it at some point. Tolia was just more ready. He had done more in the minors. He had more experience. He'd proven himself more. But the guys that don't come with that kind of pedigree, with that kind of resume, with that kind of hype, right? It's almost more important to see which of those stick and which don't. Because some, Scott Oberk was a guy who came out of the minors that without a, a ton of hype, right? And either Justin Lawrence or Gavin Hall or Jake Bird could be the next Scott Oberg, but they need to get that time in now the way that Oberg was in 16. For those of you that remember that, and, and he was getting rocked. He had like a 750 ERA or something in, in 16 and had to go and make a whole bunch of adjustments and had kind of a rough 17 as well and got sent down to the minors and then came back and finished out strong. And then in 18 and 19 was just one of the best relief pitchers in Rockies history, right? It, it, it can take a minute. A lot of different roads for a lot of different guys. I'm, I'm writing a big piece right now on Carlos Estevez and I think the team should look very seriously about bringing him back next year despite the fact that a lot of people probably hear that name and go eh he's he's okay he's fine he's not that great but when you look into his numbers and especially compared to what other Rockies relievers have done over the years you you need that guy you you need that type of ball player pretty much every team does but you you need those guys in your bullpen and if they lose him to free agency that's just that many more dudes you gotta find out about and and go searching for that next scott oberg daniel bard adam Ottavino. none of these guys came into the rockies organization uh, the the big league organization with a ton of hype and a belief that they were going to be these incredible relievers and so it's basically open time free tryouts right now right it was Tyler Kinley going down early in the season was such a brutal and unfortunate thing for but him for the team for the bullpen for everybody involved he was having such a phenomenal season and, and, and he was really starting to show that he was going to be that next guy and I think he probably still can be um you know depending on how he comes back from the injury and everything but there's another great example of somebody who even through a year in a Rockies uniform is like looked very much like Justin Lawrence does right now, right? With the kind of 467 ERA, some command issues that just make you go, man, your stuff is so good. Just get it near the plate. Get it kind of around the plate. And then Kinley did that. You know, it's always so easy to, for us to say, for me to write it, you know, because it's not my mechanics, not my body making the baseball go where it needs to go but for tyler kinley this year it happened remember way back when he was pitching at that like 075 era for like 30 innings 
those guys can emerge and those guys can be molded by the Rockies and they can they absolutely can save the team and their competitive ability next year. Their, their abil- I should say their ability to be competitive next year. As I've said many times before, it always starts with the starting pitching, but then you'll need these things. You'll need these guys. And so it's why I don't mind. In fact, I prefer that Bud Black be throwing these guys out there. Every night I'd be going... Bird, Davis, Hollowell, and you can't do it that way. And I, and I get why Buddy is still going to, you know, give Daniel Bard the chance to close. And, and, you know, Bard's got like incentives in his contract for games finished and saves and stuff like that. You've got to be professional when it comes to those kinds of things. But there is a very legitimate competitive reason why, oddly enough, the Rockies should be okay about losing these games with their young relievers coughing it up. Because they're either going to learn from that and turn into the next Oberg, Ottavino, whatever, Kinley. Or they won't. And they're not going to be around much longer. And the Rockies organization will be free to go and look for the guys who who can't. For someone else who may be a long shot as well. But, you know, I, I think Daniel Bard is the only guy currently in the bullpen who I feel like you can say for sure, I'm, I'm penciling in right now for opening day. Now, obviously, if healthy, if healthy, that's always a thing. But right, if he's healthy, Daniel Bard is your opening day closer next year. The entire rest of the bullpen could be new guys or some combination that I couldn't predict right now of guys who are around anywhere from Jake Bird and you know, Ryan Feltner, does Austin Gomber go back to being a starter? Probably, but he has an interesting potential role to play in the bullpen. There's like five starters at the double A AA and triple A level who are all really interesting, but also all really hurt. <laughs> and so who knows what to do with any of that. But I could see there being, you know, Chassin's not going to be there. Estevez, like I said, is a free agent. Colome is a free agent. Um you know, down the list. Uh, Kinley, I think, will be back. So there's that. Bard and Kinley. Beyond that, who knows? And so I think it's interesting and really good that the Rockies are basically having open tryouts for their bullpen right now <laughs> in these major league games because that's where you really learn. But Black said something interesting yesterday in response to, um, I thought it was a really good question from Patrick Saunders, the Denver Post. I give the Denver Post a hard time sometimes, so got to give him flowers uh, when it's due. And he basically said, you know, aren't these September games far more valuable and meaningful both for them and for you as an evaluator than, say, something like spring training? And Buddy said, oh, absolutely. You know, in spring training, it's so... You might be facing a double-A guy. You might be playing two or three innings that day. You might be, you know, you're, you're barely in shape. There, There's so much that's weird about the way spring training games are played. But if you're out there now, and especially, you know, now the Giants are kind of out of it too. But here in a couple of days, they got the San Diego Padres coming into town. And a lot of these young guys, you know, Tolia, Montero, the, these relievers, Lawrence, Bird, Hollowell, Uh, Hopefully we see some Noah Davis, stuff like that. These guys are going to be in games that very much matter to a team that had championship aspirations coming into the year. And uh, with a chance to maybe even knock them toward, uh, they they, they could knock them out if they swept them and the the Brewers swept whoever they're playing. They could knock them out of a wild card position. 
right? And so, and even if that wasn't the case, these games would matter to people. But just, I, I just mean the level of competitiveness, right? The 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 Padres are going to be bringing their best and have a pretty damn talented team. So your ability to compete with them while they're in this mode is going to tell a lot more to the media and the fans and your manager about who you are as a ball player than if you hit 450 during spring training, right? So this is the time to really be watching closely and not just for the results, but also how they respond. You know, it's not, all got knocked around, whatever happens. But how does he respond? Can he come back and pitch a clean inning or two in an important game? Those things matter almost just as much. And so it's funny because I feel like this is something the Rockies have actually done very, very poorly over the years is finish out these seasons where they're they're not competitive by just going full force with the young group, seeing who's got it and who doesn't. And like I said earlier, to some degree, they were kind of forced into this, that certain injuries, especially to Chris Bryant uh, and and to Iggy, then they've had injuries to like Colomay has had his time out. Like the, uh, obviously Kinley going down, it created this big vacuum in the, in the bullpen and all of that stuff. So in a way, it's hard to give them a ton of credit for doing it because it was almost their only choice. That said, regardless whether they did it on purpose or not, the end result is the same, which is that it's good for the organization. It's good for these players. And I know no one likes to watch a loss and especially no one likes to lose to the Giants. <laughs> but these young guys, I don't know. I'm just, I've, I've enjoyed watching these last several games quite a bit more than the previous month when we've known they were out of it. And, you know, it was still just kind of the, the veteran team that had been there before doing their thing. Now there are so many different guys to evaluate, look at, hang on every single pitch, whether they're at the plate or on the mound and just kind of live with it. And man, Michael Tolia is playing great right now. I got a lot more Tolia stuff coming soon, but I want to talk about the bullpen today and particularly about the way the Rockies, I feel like, are are managing the team properly right now. And while it's directly leading to losses, those losses really don't matter. But the experience that the young players are getting in those losses really does. So that's what I want to talk about today. That said, I'll come back and, and... I hope that they beat the Padres just because they think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, so let's look forward to all of that. Like I said, I got some Tolia conversation coming up for you as well. A few other things on my mind. Look out for a big piece here in a day or two on Carlos Estevez and basically his career with the Rockies and, and how unusual it has been. And very, very Colorado Rocky like in, in an odd way. So, uh, be on the lookout for that on milehighsports.com. Make sure you're checking out all of the other podcasts here on the podcast network. And other than that, that you're just continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.